energy to burn. Coming up, learn how to stabilize your blood sugar levels and keep you happy and healthy. Thanks for listening to the Dollar Saving Divas. If you have ideas for an upcoming episode, we would love to hear from you. Just head to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash dollarsavingdivascbus and share your comments. So this is always an interesting one because I think one of the biggest things for people to learn about is how to stabilize blood sugar sugar levels. People talk a lot about carbs and sugar and all of the calories, but really stabilizing your blood sugar is the biggest part that I learned. Oh, yeah. And how many people do you know? I know a lot of people that are hypoglycemic. Yeah. So, you know, when do you, when do you eat? When do you have to put something into your body because your blood sugar goes down? Also... This is interesting. My mom had to go and get some blood work done, um, and they made her wait like an hour, hour and a half to get her blood work done. Well, that went into the time that she typically would have her lunch. So her blood sugar was was off. So they diagnosed her as pre-diabetic. Well, she wasn't. So she went back and took the test because it was when she took the test. Well, and I yeah. thought that was it. So she, she was not pre-diabetic, which... Is interesting, and and she eats well, so we found it kind of odd. And she said she was not giving up a few of the things that she really liked. <laughs> <laughs> she's made it this far, screw it. <laughs> yeah, she's made it to almost ninety five so far. So I think she's eating well. So it, you know, it tells you here your car runs on gas. So they're obviously we're making the parallel that we are like a car. Your hair dryer runs on electricity, and your body runs on sugar, specifically a type of sugar called glucose from food that you eat. It gets to your brain, your muscles, and other tissues in your body through your bloodstream. And when these levels fall too low, you've got low blood sugar and may get cranky and jittery. I've had that before, like where you just that's, start to feel like you're shaking. That's the, like the hypoglycemia stuff. Right. If levels go too high, you may feel fuzzy, brained, and then very tired once they crash back down. Everyone's blood sugar naturally fluctuates throughout the day, but problems can arise when it spikes and plummets way too often or if it gets stuck on a low or stuck on high. Here's what you can know to keep your blood sugars and therefore your mood and energy stable. Okay, so we're going to talk about how blood sugar works. Your digestive system breaks down the food you eat into smaller building blocks, glucose, amino acids, fatty acids, that your cells need to work properly. They're carried all around your body through the bloodstream, which is why my mom had to get the blood test to determine where her sugar levels were. The cells in your body can use all three of these for energy, but glucose is the main source of fuel for your brain. Oh, apparently you and I must be must need to eat some more glucose. <laughs> we have a, a nice, healthy brain. I want fuel for my brain. If there's more glucose in the blood than your body needs for energy, the leftovers are stored as glycogen. Very good. See, you get the big words. And in the liver and muscles to be used later. That's right, because that's when they say later on it burns, right? Right. So that makes that makes sense. Carbohydrates carbohydrates are the most convenient source of energy for your brain and body. And they don't just come from flour, grains, and sugars. They're also in beans, fruits, and vegetables with higher carbon amounts and starchy veggies like potatoes, peas, corn, and squash. The good thing is I, I don't like peas. And my daughter's allergic to peas, so but oh, potatoes, I gotta have my potatoes. Mm-hmm. And corn, corn on the cob. I actually had corn on the cob less than a month ago. And we're in the dead of winter. And I had corn on the cob and it tasted great. Squash, 
squash and zucchini are really good too. Um, yeah. So, I mean, now another thing my, my mom always does is, um, like if you need quick energy can, you know, you need something to get you in after you've done a long run or you worked out on my, on my bike that I was my stationary <laughs> bike in one of the other rooms. I, um, uh, you can do things like a piece of fruit or maybe those frozen grapes um, or rolled oats. But I'll tell you what my mom does every single morning. She eats oatmeal every single morning. And because she thought she was pre-diabetic, she, she used to put like uh, brown sugar on it, which was raw brown sugar, but she thought she was pre-diabetic. So she ended up, um, we, found, you know, there's some alternatives to, uh, to sugar, they, but they taste like sugar and it was dates, dates oh, really? they actually make into, it looks just like sugar. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Dates. See, we're just learning all kinds of things with these, we are. With these new health topics. Okay. The other thing is mixed nutrient meals and snacks lead to blood sugar increases and insulin secretions that are spread out over time, resulting in more stable, sustained energy. Some people are more sensitive to blood sugar and insulin fluctuations than others. In fact, there are individual differences in how the body responds to the same foods. Five healthy people fed the same grain bowl with brown rice, veggies, and chicken will differ in their blood sugar responses. Well, that makes sense to me Mm -hmm. because everybody's system is built differently. Right, right. So what happens when the blood sugar goes awry? Some people's cells are less sensitive to the effects of insulin and require higher insulin level levels to get unlocked and take in the glucose from the, from the blood. That's called insulin resistance. It has many causes, some genetic and some of the result of underlying conditions like polycystic ovary syndrome or diabetes. There are two main kinds of diabetes, type 1 and type 2. Type 1 is autoimmune disease, which the immune cells attack insulin-making cells in the pancreas. If your body can't make insulin, the glucose can't get into your cells, and it builds up into your blood instead. In type 2 diabetes, a person's cells become insulin-resistant, meaning it takes more and more and more insulin to unlock them so glucose can get inside. If the pancreas can't keep up with that demand, the sugar builds up into the blood. So the causes of type 2 diabetes are very complex, but there's a strong genetic component. Diet and exercise habits also play a role into it. So say your genetic makeup and the relative strength or weakness of the beta cells in your pancreas seriously predispose you towards type 2 diabetes. If you stay active and eat plenty of fiber and vegetables, you may be able to prevent or at least delay the onset of it. So that's it. Yeah. All right, keeping things in balance. So here are a few everyday things that you can do to keep your blood sugar more stable and help reduce your risk of type 2 diabetes. Okay, enjoy high-quality carbohydrates. Well, who doesn't enjoy high-quality carbohydrates? Such as whole grains, beans, fruits, and vegetables, and they all have fiber. You can probably guess which are low-quality pastries, (laughs) chips, and other refined carbohydrates have little or no fiber and are really not healthy for you either. So, I mean, nothing should be completely off limits. I say everything in portion control. I mean, I think that's, you know, don't take anything off your list that you like. Just just eat a little of it. I mean, like I could have one little Hershey kiss if I really want something chocolate. And I'm, that's, that's perfectly. It It doesn't make you want to eat 10 more. No. 
Oh, see, Same I want to have one. Sometimes I shouldn't just have the one. <laughs> Same thing with ice cream. I could have one tablespoon of ice cream and that'll satisfy me. You're lucky. How do you do that? Are you normal? Well, <laughs> but the thing is, I, I didn't grow up eating a lot of sweets. Oh, see, I did. Oh, see, I oh, did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My mother lived on oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. M&M's and Pepsi. M&M's and Pepsi almost I had a girlfriend once who she she drank coke like all day long she would have a coke in between her legs and her car Mm -hmm. and drinking a real coke on the way to work in the morning yeah when my mom's thirsty she would get Pepsi oh my lord yeah so I mean it was all around see I never even drank soda when I was growing up yeah and i call it if i'm gonna drink it i'll drink it but it has to be cherry coke like that's my weakness cherry coke cherry coke is my weakness cherry coke okay yeah anyway number two pump up the physical activity when you move you use more glucose um whether it's stored in your muscles or anything um or and it will lower your blood sugar levels regular exercise helps your muscle cells become more sensitive to insulin over time. That means it will eventually take less insulin to get the glucose out of your blood and into your cells where it needs to be, putting less strain on your pancreas and lowering inflammation from any excess insulin. Well, that just makes sense. I mean, okay, the other thing is this, is <laughs> which is what I really like to do, sleep. Get enough sleep. They say eight hours of sleep. Sleep. Stress and lack of sleep directly increase your blood sugar, and they will also increase insulin resistance. Now, and I can see, you know, during the pandemic, um, you know, everybody was under a lot of stress, and sometimes they couldn't sleep. And so that makes sense that, you know, it throws your whole body out of whack. Yeah. And you you can't do some physical exercise. So it's smart to try and get eight hours of sleep and reducing stress is also important. So if you can do that, and sometimes um, they found that they found that a week of sleeping only five hours a night reduced the insulin sensitivity of healthy subjects by up to 24%. That's a quarter of it. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot. So does that mean that we can take a nap in the afternoon? A siesta. Let's call it a siesta and it sounds fancy. We're gonna get. We're gonna get to take a siesta. And that sounds lazy. A siesta sounds European. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Take- number four. Get checked. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention recommends that everyone over age forty-five get screened for blood sugar levels. Um, the screening is pretty straightforward. It usually starts with a simple A1C blood test that measures what percent of your red blood cells have sugar-coated hemoglobin. Okay, a protein in red blood cells. The higher the percentage, the higher your blood sugar. A normal A1C test result is under 5.7 pre-diabetes and 5.7 to 6.4. And wait, I'm reading that wrong. A normal A1 test result is under 5.7. Pre-diabetes is 5.7 to 6.4, and anything 6.5 or higher is diabetic. Okay. Well, now that we know how not to get diabetes and how to reg- regulate our insulin levels and our glucose levels and our fatty acid levels and our amino acid levels, I think we should go have a big old donut and a glass of milk. Oh, sure, God. <laughs> or Pepsi and M&M's. <laughs> Pepsi and M&M's or, or Cherry Coke. <laughs>